Welcome to the NS North podcast. My name is Phil Kaskrain, and I'm joined tonight by my colleague, Dan Byers. How are you, Dan? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm great. Uh, if you if I sound a little different, it's because I'm in an undisclosed location, so hopefully it won't affect the recording too much. But at the end of the line, we have speaker Elena Kafkes. How are you, Elena? I am doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Probably a lot colder than you are because we're about to get dumped on by about 40 centimeters of snow, but uh, you are in sunny San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it, it actually is sunny. It's been raining most of the winter here because I guess that's what normally happens here, but it was pretty yeah. nice today. Oh, that's good. California has two seasons, green and brown. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. So you're from like, from uh, San Francisco, I am. I am not. I'm actually from the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay. And and how long were you in Chicago? Um, I mean, I was in Chicago for uh, all of my life up until about a year and a half ago when I moved out here. I can tell because you're your northwestern western loom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm from the University of Michigan, so you know we're oh. a big ten. <laughs> oh yeah, that's very cool. Or big. Aren't there more than 10 schools in the Big Ten now? I think it's still called ah, the Big Ten, but... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> go Blue. <laughs> and then Go Cats, of course. There you go. Uh, so so you're, you're, all, you're all exposed to the, the wind and the cold. You know all about this. It's, nothing is new for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I have experienced one polar vortex, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm glad that I didn't experience this past one. That was also very cool. Yeah, it's yes. very cool. <laughs> That's yes. for sure. In, in Quebec and southern Ontario, we uh, southeastern Ontario, we have them a lot more than we used to, and they are they are difficult to work with. Yeah, they definitely are. I know. Um, I was in school during the last one that Chicago had in 2014, and we had multiple days of school canceled, which that almost never happens in the Chicago area. <laughs> So how, how did you uh, get to move across the country there to, to California? Um, so I, I moved out here for the job. I work at Medium as an iOS engineer, uh, and this is actually my first job out of university. So I took um, my graduation as like a good time to get out of the Chicago area and the Midwest, at least for a while, and then come out to California. What were you studying um, I studied computer science, as you would expect, probably for a software engineer, though that's that's not everyone's background, of course. Um, but I stumbled into computer science. Um, I was pretty lucky to find it because I didn't know that it existed before college. Oh, wow. So what, uh, what was the motivation to get into that then, since you kind of ran into it? Um, I just had some friends that were taking the intro to computer science class, and I just decided that I wanted to take it too, and I ended up liking it a lot. Um, my first professor was this really cool um, woman who just encouraged me a lot and kind of took me under her wing and convinced me to switch my major from, I think I was, I think I said I was studying chemistry at that time. I'm glad that I'm not anymore, so. You say chemistry, but I was almost uh, expecting linguistics based on some of your <laughs> background. Yeah, I mean, I so I came into Northwestern in the liberal arts college. Chemistry is part of that, too. So I was just taking 
all sorts of classes. Um, when I entered Northwestern, I was in this humanities program, so that's how I got exposed to like my future interest in linguistics, though I've never formally studied it, so I mean, I know what I'm talking about, but I'm not a professional, so that sort of relationship with linguistics. So it's kind of like a hobby. Yeah, it's a, it's a hobby in the sense that I don't um, like learn about it and read about it every day, but I like to learn about it, um, and I like to tell other people about it and how it connects to engineering or computer science. And was there any mobile streams as part of your uh, education there? Um, not as a part of my formal education, but I was part of a research lab um, towards the end of my college years in which I did do some iOS development, but it really pales in comparison to what I do now because I was just using storyboards and then writing some Swift here and there. So I was exposed, but not, um, not particularly knowledgeable in iOS development. Oh, okay. And what was the, or what was the uh, research project that you were working on? Um, so it was about, um, like, so there are these um, running apps that exist uh, in which there will be some sort of narrative where, say, like, zombies are chasing you, and that's supposed to encourage you to run more. But um, what I was trying to build was, like, basically that, except um, driven by context. So using some sort of GPS or other location data in order to incorporate known parts of your environment into a storyline sounds a bit cooler than it actually is like i i didn't get this working at any production level but i just tested people's reaction to that huh so it was kind of gamifying was it was it was the goal to motivate people to to do more activity is that that is that what you said yeah yeah just by making the narrative instead of it just being like an audio file like having a series of audio files that play at different times depending on where you are in the world oh oh cool oh that's pretty neat yeah yeah i've used an app called uh, zombies run that's based on the same uh, principle there's a narrative storyline and then when you run for five 5k you get a certain narrative and you also have at some point the zombies are catching up to you so you have to run faster and so given that you have a GPS, it knows that you run fa- you're running faster. So you, di- you put some distance between the zombies. And then if you run a certain number of kilometers, you get to pick up certain items like, oh, you have to run one kilometer to go get the food cache or something like that. So you do that and it's part of the story. So that's pretty neat that uh, you were also involved in something that's uh, got the same idea. I- although I'm sad that you didn't get it to production. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sad that I didn't get it to production either. But I think that I just... Like, maybe if I went back now, I could do that. But back back then in university, I didn't know enough about, like, how to even get something on the App Store. I don't even remember how I was user testing it. Like, I might have just been loading the binary onto devices. Oh, okay. <laughs> they would hand you their phone and you would sideload the app. Yeah, I did not know really much of anything about getting an app into the App Store then. <laughs> Well, you're you're not at uh, a huge loss there. It's it, as you know, it's a disastrous process. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I know. Now. Or it can be at least. <clears throat> at least back then, it was pretty difficult. It's a, Apple's done a great job in in automating that fairly well these days. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that kind of gave you the 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 itch to to do more work. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. Um, <clears throat> I gave you the itch to do more work in the on the platform, I guess. Yeah, it did. Um, just because most of my other experience at that point was either in web development for fun or just whatever we did in school, like uh, I don't know, lots of C, C plus plus, Python type classes. Some functional okay. programming, that sort of stuff. Right, right. So so were you able to get to Medium right after you graduated? Uh, I got there like two months after I graduated. So yeah, practically. Wow, that's incredible. Very good. What, what's your role there? Like a uh, part of an, uh, the iOS team, I guess. Uh, we have a mobile team here, which has um, iOS and Android engineers. Um, just for context, the company is pretty small it's just like a hundred people or so uh so the mobile team is let me think i think two android and um three ios soon four uh so wow yeah that's a fairly small team yeah so i get to i'm not um an ios engineer on any like specific part of the app i get to touch all parts of the app the running part of the application, was that something that because you were already a runner or you were interested in running that you wanted to do that? Yeah, um, that's exactly why I wanted to do that. So I have been running since, I don't know when, like maybe when I was like nine or 10 or something like that. That was when I ran my first uh, 5K because my dad used to organize races. I don't actually know how he got into running, but oh, neat. he made um, my sister and I into running and then... We both went on to run uh, cross country, which is um, so about like 5K races when we were in high school. And then we've just informally run in college and then beyond. Running's awesome. I love it, too. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a good way to, to get out there and get some uh, some breathing room, you know, yeah, definitely. Uh, away it's from like everything. Very meditative and then i love running outside in san francisco because it's it's nice all year round so there's that and then also there's a lot of beautiful parks here what's your favorite route in san francisco i've run a little bit in san francisco oh i don't i guess my favorite place would be golden gate park and then a good route would be let me think well you can run um all the way through the park from like its uh easternmost end to its westernmost end and then you hit the ocean, and then you're able to just continue running down the ocean. So that's pretty cool. That's a that's a nice wow. run. For, start from the Panhandle and yeah. do it all the way. It's a, there's so many so many tracks that you can take, and it's really nice. The the, the one that I like too is uh, along the um, the the piers on the waterfront uh, in the on the on the bay. That's kind of nice because it's all flat too, so it's relatively easy. So. Oh yeah, that's true. The Embarcadero, and you can take yes. that all the way to the um, base of the Golden Gate Bridge, which is pretty cool. Is there uh, on your routes? Are there many hills, or is that more in town? Um, so in the parks, it's not that hilly. And let me think. I I usually don't run anywhere where there are a lot of hills. There is. Uh, <laughs> I do avoid them. Um, there is a park that's around where the Golden Gate Bridge is called the Presidio. And that is hillier, um, more set up for trail running. And I do that occasionally just because it's very beautiful. Yeah, and tra- trail running is a very different experience because it's a, it's a lot uh, springier when you're running as opposed to just the, the packed uh, earth or asphalt. 
Right, and I definitely run more slowly on the trails because of that. And the hills, too. Yeah. All of, like, just the different terrain makes me run more slowly, which is, that's okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. As long as you're getting out there, right? That's the that's the big thing. Yeah. Did you normally run by yourself, or do you have a group that you can go with? Um, out here, I've done it only by myself. In college and in high school, I would, I guess in high school, I would do it mostly with um, my cross-country group. In college, I would alternate between uh, going by myself and then going with friends. Oh, cool. Very good. So circling back to your work just a little bit, um, are there any particular features or frameworks that you're particularly fond of? Like do you, things that you like to dabble in, in terms of, uh, the platform? Um, I don't, this isn't necessarily, um, well, this is certainly not Apple made, but, um, there are these testing frameworks called quick and nimble that we started using over the summer. And I mean, I like them in the sense that they've made me enthusiastic about, writing tests just because like I feel like the style is I think it's called declarative and basically um unlike in XC test you're able to more easily specify like um context and group tests by context as opposed to just like writing the context in every new test which is kind of a mess and makes files very big so I appreciate the fact that I went from not enjoying writing tests to like actively writing tests, that's, that was kind of cool. Cause I knew it was something that I should do. Um, and it was cool to see that just this, I guess this pod that we installed was able to turn around my attitude towards writing tests. That's really good. And, and so do you guys typically have a TDD style process for, for all your work there? Uh, not formally. Um, I think that since there are just three of us right now, we usually do do test driven development, but sometimes we like slack. So it depends. Would you say that this framework was more about UI testing or actual unit testing? Uh, more about unit testing. I don't think that we have a great UI testing solution at this point. So you're, you're, you're not using XC test that much and you're not probably not using XC UI test as well. Right. So for the same reasons. Exactly. Do the tests run continually and they're integrated in a, in a CI framework or something like that? Well, we have that for um, like anytime we deploy like the production version or like our internal version of the app. And then we do have CI up and running every time we open a pull request. So that's kind of nice, but you can run them locally. Which you would want to in a test-driven environment. Yes, yes, of course you would. That is true. Over the years, what were you using most in terms of guides or, or resources to uh, ramp up your Swift knowledge? Um, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. I guess I've used a lot of NS Hipster, and then or outside of like Apple documentation, I just enjoyed reading NS hipster content. It's just like yeah. very visually pleasant to look at on the web. So like good web design, which helps make me want to read it. Um, and it's also pretty succinct. So I, I know I used that a lot when I was looking into um, like improving the accessibility of the medium app over the summer. Oh yeah. You were working on that uh, lately? Yeah. I, well, I've worked on a few different accessibility things, but over the summer 
in particular, I was trying to make voiceover work on our post page because it wasn't. Um, so yeah, I had to consult Ennis Hipster and probably other resources to figure that one out. Is is that app mostly Swift at, at this point, or is there is there any oh, uh, Objective C left? No, the app is um, actually very Objective C heavy. We haven't made a conscious effort to write new things in Swift up in, or until like maybe the end of last year, so sometime in the fall. So oh yeah, yeah, very Objective C heavy, and we also don't have any like prioritized plan for migrating that code so we're just writing new things in swift for now oh that's good that that's what i hear a lot yeah <laughs> i think i feel like the medium app was created in 2013 and then didn't swift come out in 2014 something like that it did yeah so just slightly unfortunate timing you mentioned uh reading the ns hipster site i think you you read much more than than uh, websites. I mean, you work at Medium, so obviously you probably do some a lot of reading on the web, but uh, I saw that you were also reading quite a lot of books. It's, it's impressive. Oh, yeah, that's true. I do do a lot of reading, but mostly not, um, not work-related, mostly fiction and reading for fun, which is still enjoyable. Do you read them like actual paper copies, or are they electronic, or the, are they audiobooks? Uh, great question. I really like paper copies. I really like um, using the library for the most part, just because it's free. I do buy books sometimes uh, from bookstores and stuff like that. Um, and I've listened to an audiobook once or twice. Or that's that's untrue. I listened to audiobooks growing up when they were like books on tape and books on CD. Uh, but then for actual... Um, like using my iPhone to listen to a book. I've done that like once or twice and it's fine, but I prefer to just read the paper copy. What, what do you listen to when you run? Nothing or podcasts or music or? <laughs> uh, either podcasts or music or nothing. Nothing is okay sometimes. It just depends. Yeah, I find the same. If you need to let your mind wander, you don't want to listen to anything. Right. And also, I mean, for running, I think that one of the most um important parts of it is just focusing on your breathing because i think that um if so if you're breathing too heavily while you're running you're going to either like get a cramp or get tired more easily so just like the meditative aspect of focusing on breathing can be enough for me sometimes yeah you can kind of uh, once you reach that point in your run where you kind of zone out and you're just kind of it's almost like you're just kind of floating along there for a while. That, that's that's the way I can feel it sometimes. You don't even notice that you're running. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is true. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Elena. Thank you. And uh, Dan, uh, thanks for joining us too. Thanks, Phil. And thanks, Elena. It was really nice chatting with you. Oh, well, thank you both, Dan and Phil. And uh, if you want to hear more uh, about Elena and uh, also uh, the other speakers that we have at NS North, please uh, visit our website for nsnorth.ca and look for tickets. Uh, they are still available at the conference. Um, the, the conference is from April 26th to 28th in beautiful Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you next time when for our next speaker on the NSNorth podcast.